Welcome to the Texas Trailhead Podcast. I started hiking to help with my health, both mental and physical. And now I'm encouraging y'all to get out and enjoy the trails, the outdoors, camping, all that stuff that Texas and beyond has to offer. So join me, Danny Laurel, as I'm sharing stories from myself and others who enjoy the outdoors as well. So grab your backpack, put on your hiking shoes, and let's go on another adventure. This is the Texas Trailhead. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Texas Trailhead podcast. One of the things that I've been doing a lot lately, and I've been trying to do it in the email blasts that I send out. I'm not very good at the email marketing, (laughs) to be honest. It's one of the things that I struggle with doing probably the most. Emails are tricky because as a consumer of things, I get a lot of emails. So I have a little bit more of bias when I'm contemplating sending them out to people because I don't want to seem that I'm spamming anyone because that's definitely not my intention, but I have news and things that I want to share with the people that are on the email blast. And I also have new products that I want people to see in the store. Uh, But one of the things that I add on occasion are just current events that have been going on. And so I like to kind of read the outdoor headlines from in or around Texas. The Texas Parks and Wildlife Department also sends out kind of their news media release blast as well. And this one that came across for this week, uh, today is March 27th, so pretty recent to this episode. But Texas Parks and Wildlife Commission awards $12.5 million in local park grants to Texas communities. And so this is a pretty nice breakdown of different parts around Texas. So I'm just going to kind of go over this a little bit. Central Texas, the city of Giddings received $150,000 small community grant for its Veterans Park Splash Pad. So that's pretty cool. Out in East Texas, the city of Baytown is the recipient of a 749000 non-urban outdoor grant for its Tompkins Road Park project. So some of those developments will include playground equipment, parking, solar lighting, fitness equipment, restroom enclosure, and a water fountain. Gotta have those water fountains. City of Gilmer received a hundred and fifty thousand small community grant for its Abney Street Park project. So, all of y'all in East Texas, be out on the lookout for some of those um, little restoration projects. Houston received one point two five million urban outdoor grant for its Charlton Park improvement project. Some of the proposed developments include site work, playground, exercise stations, splash pad. Chimney Swift Tower, interesting, signage, site, furnishings, shade pavilion, and more. For anyone out in Jacksonville, be on the lookout for their just response to their community grant. They got $131,000 for its Buckner Park Improvement Project. City of Winsboro also received $150,000 for some park projects for the Lions Park. 
Up in North Texas, the city of Salina received 750000 non-urban outdoor grant money for its old Salina Park Phase 2 project. They're going to get some new playgrounds, a spray fountain, pavilions, shade structures, and interpretive Texas Parks and Wildlife Department signs. So that'd be awesome. Dallas received 1.5 million urban outdoor grant funding for its Crawford Memorial Phase 1 Signature Parks project. They're going to be getting some additional pedestrian trails with accessible bridges, etc. Uh, some of the other highlights, Denton is going to get some money. Farmers Branch received a, a grant. City of Fate is getting a, some small community grant. So a lot of places around Texas. Up in the Panhandle, Bovina received $150,000 for their park and splash pad. A lot of splash pads. South Texas, Beeville is going to get some money for its Trevino Park project. Cameron County Parks and Rec Department is getting some money for the Olmito Nature Park. That's awesome. Hidalgo County, where I grew up, $1.1 million for its Lopezville Park project. Don't know where that's at, but I'm sure it's going to be awesome. They're getting some new lighting, tennis courts, adult and youth soccer fields. Port Isabel is getting some money for its Laguna Madre Park renovation. And out in West Texas, Kinney County received $100,000 for a small community grant for its Kinney County Community Park Development Splash Pad Project. That's awesome. I mean... I think one of the things that is the biggest takeaway from this is that local governments are realizing that outdoor spaces are important and we should be creating more opportunities for people to spend time outdoors because not everyone can go to a state park. A lot of people can't go to a national park. And so we really need to support our local funding for all of these parks that are going up in the neighborhoods because that is going to be how more and more people get to spend time outdoors. And then by partnering up with these local organizations, we can do events and like one-on-one -on -one classes to get people to learn a little bit more about the outdoors and just get them outside and understand the benefits that nature has. So pretty excited to read some of these updates that are coming out from the Texas Parks and Wildlife Commission. I mean, that's 12.5 million in total. So I'm happy to be part of the um, Texas Parks and Wildlife Foundation. I contribute to them on a monthly basis. Uh, I contribute to them and a couple other local, well, local to Texas, Texas organizations that give back to the outdoors. You can see who I'm currently contributing to on the Texas Trail Company. All of the purchases that happen through that website give back a little bit to three current, currently three on a monthly basis that I donate to. And then throughout the year, depending on how the month is going, if uh, somebody's doing a special event or, you know, I live near Austin, so we just had our give back days for Austin. So I gave to the Friends of McKinney Falls State Park. And the Trail Foundation, I give to them throughout the year. So, you know, all those purchases do help give back to the community where I can. And I'm not quite ready to announce anything major yet. But, you know, giving back is, is going to be more important for what the Texas Trailhead represents. And so there's a couple things in the pipeline 
one as far as a charitable organization goes, and I'll kind of discuss what that looks like a little bit later in the year. And then before that, I'm announcing a special little just extra way to allow people to try to spend time outdoors. I'm dancing around it a little bit. Um, I mean, this isn't such a secret. If you follow me on Instagram, it's it's been teased a little bit. But, you know, backpacking and spending time outdoors costs a lot of money. And one of the ways that you can save money and not have to buy everything all at once or test out some product and gear or just see if you even like to do these certain things is by renting gear. And so stay tuned because you will have an opportunity to be able to rent gear from the Texas trailhead myself. So we'll, yeah, stay tuned, stay tuned to that. I'm going to, speaking of emails, I'll probably announce that officially via email. So if you are not on the email list, go ahead and let me know. You can subscribe to the emails on the main Texas Trailhead site or on the gift shop. That's a different web address, texastrailcompany.com.com. I don't think that jingle is copyrighted. Well, at least I hope that anyone that's in charge of that is uh, not listening to the podcast. Last week I had a episode about Monaghan Sandhill State Park. Um, yeah, it's a great place out West. I'm going back out West this year in 2022 in 2021 for my 40th birthday. I peaked. Oh, oh, so sorry. So sorry. Um, I misspoke. I was, I was told on the Facebook that you don't peak mountains, you summit them. Sure. I guess that's true. Technically. Um, I I don't, I don't really care. (laughs) I don't really care. I was sharing a picture of the top of the Guadalupe mountains, the peak of Guadalupe mountains. And I was using the term peak, like the, the peak of, of freshness, the top of, of how fresh something is or, or, or the peak of my abilities. And I was just using as to refer to like the top of something and, and typed in Facebook that when I went to the, when I peaked at Guadalupe mountains and I was told that you don't peak mountain, you summon it. Gatekeepers and the outdoors are everywhere. Look, Summited the mountain, peaked the mountain. I got to the very top and I shared a picture of it. And I did that for my 40th birthday last year. And I thought, what would be fun thing to collect in terms of collecting memories and experiences? And I thought it would be interesting to see how many of the peaks in Texas I could do on my birthday every year. And the top five really are kind of the main focus. But for this year, for 2022, I'll be staying at Big Bend National Park for my birthday. And I'm going to do, drum roll, uh, Emory Peak. So I reached out on Instagram about some of the opinions or what to look out for for Emory Peak. And everyone was like, yeah, it's so cool. It's great. It's not as like high of an incline, et cetera, et cetera, positive things. 
And then, you know, nine out of 10 people said, everything is great except for the last section where you get to the actual peak of the, of, of the Chisos mountains. There's a little bit of a rock scramble. And then a couple people went on to say, if you're not afraid of heights, or if you're not deathly afraid of heights, then do it. And and if you are, then um, it, it might be kind of rough up there for <laughs> you. I'm like reading these comments, like what is going on? I cannot believe that I am getting warned about rock scrambling up at the top of the Chisos Mountains. So I'm looking forward to that and I will keep you all posted on um, a little bit more as the trip comes up and kind of what my plans are. And I definitely am looking forward to feedback. I've been to Big Ben on a day trip before. That's a total accident. Um, And I'm going to talk to you a little bit about that after the break. So Big Ben wasn't something that was actually on the agenda when I went out to Guadalupe Mountains National Park last year. It was something that we decided to do kind of at the last minute to go from Sanderson, where I was spending the night, to Marfa. My wife met me midweek in my week-long vacation, and so we decided to do some of the small-town stuff. And so on the way to Marfa, we were looking at the map, and we we're like, well, why don't why don't we just go to, why don't we just go to Big Bend? I was like, sure. I I hadn't planned it at all. I hadn't planned it whatsoever um, because I was going to be in Guadalupe Mountains and then I went to um, the Carlsbad Caverns and then I went down to Fort Davis. That was kind of on the agenda, but we were like, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. We were in Sanderson. We can go down. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it ended up being pretty cool, but I I think the misconception is, is that Big Ben, because it's so vast and big and that it definitely is those things, but I think there's a misconception that you can't do it on a day trip and you're not really experiencing everything, obviously that Big Ben has to offer, but in the three hours that we were there, we definitely saw a good amount. So if you're short on time, you can still explore Big Bend in one day. Um, so I'm just going to go over a quick little itinerary uh, for anyone that wants to do what I did and just stop in. You know, the, the whole point of what I wanted to do in that time frame was just get a lay of the land, just kind of get familiar with just how big it is, I guess, and kind of what to expect. I didn't want to go there for a lengthy amount of time for the first time because I just wanted to feel a little bit more prepared. Um, and, and I feel going this year, I'm going to, I'm going to have a little bit, um, of a different expectation just because I kind of know the layout a little bit, but big bend is huge. I mean, so, so, you know, there, there are different itineraries, the big bend, um, paper that they give you when you check in is going to have some really cool itineraries and I'll put a link to that as well. And, um, it's like one day, three day, four days, et cetera, et cetera. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're unfamiliar with Big Ben, it's on the Southwestern section of Texas as it butts up to the Rio Grande. And it's kind of where the, the bend of the river happens there on the, on the old, on the old Lone Star State. 
So one of the things that we saw kind of right off the bat, and and let me just backtrack, the, the park rangers here really love what they do, and they're more than helpful. And even though they were cars behind us when we checked in, she didn't seem, we were also there pretty early, so this may be different if you're <laughs> later in the day, but she didn't seem like rushed. She she took her time. I wish I got her name and um, she took her time explaining everything. And one of the things that she said we needed to do if we were going to be there uh, on a quick trip was go to the the dinosaur exhibit. And so we traveled through the park from east to west. So that's going to be really the first main adventure that you're going to see. And it's the newly renovated dinosaur exhibit. There's a ton of information here that's fun, really, for the entire family. And one of the things you're going to see or you'll learn about the excavations that have happened in this park and why the park needed to secure the fossils. And you'll read more about the types of species that you can find there. On the outside of the environmentally friendly exhibit, you can check out the replica fossils that feature information about different sizes of the fossils that were found and some great kid interaction stuff here as well. And a lot of the fossils that are on display are replicas, and they talk about this a little bit in this um little kiosk uh, information area, is that they had... um some fossil robberies, a job for Nick Cage. And uh, yeah, so they, they couldn't just display <laughs> some of this stuff out in public anymore, which I thought was kind of interesting. But on the opposite side of this exhibit, um, you're going to find uh, a little bit of a short, a short hike takes you up to the top of another exhibit. And this is going to offer up some information about the volcanic activity that formed on um, some of the ranges you'll see off in the distance, which is really cool. There's a lot of really great information here that could easily be stretched out. And this site, just a quick note, has a little parking lot and it also has a pit toilet if anyone um, needs to use the Obano, especially since this is a little bit family friendly. You might have some little ones that need to go potty. So Panther Junction is not so much a hike as it is a place for information. Panther Junction it will feature information about the park. It's where you'll sign up for backpacking passes and you can grab some souvenirs. Normally there are additional videos and exhibits, but when I was there, they were still closed at the time. Um, I don't know officially at the time of this recording if all of that's going to be open, but um, Panther Junction is kind of a main hub that you're going to get a lot of your outdoor um kind of permits and whatnot for the area there are restrooms here and a gas station next door but be advised power do does go out at this park from time to time so if that happens the station will be unavailable and here you'll also find where one of the post offices and a bookstore so this is a great place to um, get some of your big big ben stamps um, those are pretty neat put out by the united states postal service Chisos Basin, um, you're going to kind of cruise down the road a little bit into the Chisos Basin. The winding road works its way down into the depths of the park where you'll need to navigate, not the deepest part of the park, but it does go from the main road down a little bit. And you'll need to navigate the amplitude of cars and people making their way in and out of the trailheads. This is definitely kind of the 
the pulse of the National Park. Chisos Basin has a ton to offer, and it's where we spent most of the time during the day. If you're staying up the park, you can stay at the lodge that has an adjoining restaurant, which seems pretty cool and also really hard to get into. And there's also a gift shop here with a good selection of camping and hiking gear as well. For anyone that's here for an extended stay, they're going to have some of your necessities. And one thing to note, the change in scenery here is pretty vast. And being 2,000 feet lower than you started, the air feels slightly crisper in a weird way than when when you started making your way into this area. And in the Chisos Basin, there's going to be, there's eight trails of varying degree. The Window View Trail, the Window Trail itself, the Window Trail Campground Connector, the Basin Loop, Laguna Meadow, the Pinnacles to Emery Peak, Lost Mine, and then the Campground to Lodge Trail. So, because we were short on time, we opted to only hike the Window View Trail. It's less than half a mile and paved, but you get a pretty good sense of the window view from above and plenty of amazing scenery around you. Um, I'll put a link to learn more about that. So you can see the window, the classic window from above at um, and in this section of the trail, but it's really nice. You're kind of surrounded by the mountains here and it's just really pretty because like I said, you're at a little bit of a deeper part of the park, but obviously as you look into the window, you can see the, the lower parts of the park too. So a lot of elevation changes just in a short amount of time. Some other notable day trip items. There are a handful of different things you can explore that I didn't have time to check out, but maybe you will on your next visit. One of the top highlights of this place, if we're going to do it in a day, is the Ross Maxwell Scenic Drive. This is going to take you to multiple sites, including the Satol Vista, Muliers Overlook, and Tough Canyon. And I definitely recommend heading toward the Santa Elena Canyon and exploring the trail at the end of the road. This section is where most people will tell you counts as quote unquote visiting Big Bend. I've heard that from a handful of places. If you if you're only able to hike this area, you'll definitely get a, a feel of the national park and you can definitely say you you visited Big Bend. The area is very picturesque and you get a great sense of the park from here. I have a post from one of our contributors, Mr. Brooks, talks about this uh, his trip that there was it was during um, one of the main fires there a year ago, and so they had to change some things at the last minute. But he still made the best of it because, like I said, there's so much to do at this national park. So even if you have a day and you just want to cruise through because you're going to go check out some of the other small towns, um, you can. You definitely can. Um, we did uh, also with Marfa, we did Terlingua at the end of it. And that's going to be really close to the western side of Big Bend. So you can definitely knock that out. If you're staying in the park, I definitely recommend going out to Terlingua, um, checking out the ghost town, the cemetery, maybe getting a bite to eat at the restaurant there and um, coming back into the park. I mean, it, it's it was, I think, 45 miles going from end to end. So um, I mean, the, the space that's there for spending time outdoors is obviously the majority of the land that's protected there. But within that, in a day trip, you can definitely get a good sense of the national park and, in my opinion, have a great time. So what are some things you recommend in a one day trip to Big Bend National Park? 
Leave me a comment wherever you listen to the podcast if you have the comment ability or you can leave a message on the Anchor app and I can share those responses with all of y'all on an upcoming episode. Thanks for listening. That was Big Bend National Park if you only have a day. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Texas Trailhead Podcast. If you like what you heard, please let me know by leaving feedback on Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. You can also support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. You can find this on anchor.fm and just search the Texas Trailhead. Still looking for more? Click the links below to find the website, Facebook page, and see pictures from the outdoors on my Instagram page. So until next time, grab your backpack, put on your hiking shoes, and let's go out on another adventure. This is the Texas Trailhead. <laughs>